It's common in the culture today to hear people talk about what they identify as. And they're often referring to their gender identity or their sexual identity. In reality, we all make a choice every day of what we will identify with and as. Even as followers of Jesus, we choose to identify with something different than what we were born with. So, could it be that this is more powerful than we have perhaps understood? Could it be that understanding this truth could help people be free from the damaging things that they're identifying with? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, I'm so glad that you're joining us here on the podcast today. We have got a great topic. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'd go ahead and ask if you would like this video. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have podcasts coming out every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. And if you're just listening uh, through our Not Video podcast, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you tuned in online today as well. Uh, you can share this with a friend, someone that needs it, someone that uh, you may say, wow, this right here was impactful for me. And I want to share this to someone else. I would encourage you to do that. Yeah, it's good. Our goal uh, is always to be on the front edge of what's happening in the culture and know how to bring truth into that subject. So we do that today with this subject about uh, identifying with something different than you were born with. So it's an interesting question that is asked often today and and people make a statement, what do you identify as? And people saying, here's what I identify as. And usually it's in reference to how they are describing themselves uh, or how they want to present themselves, how they feel about themselves. Or more specifically, often about their gender identity or their sexual identity. Mm -hmm. And so you hear people say things like, well, I am uh, transgender, non-binary, I'm gender fluid, I'm bi-gender, omni-gender, pan-gender, two-spirit. It just, the the list goes on and on and on. So if you were to look up uh, that phrase, identify with in dictionary.com, they would define it as this. To associate oneself in feeling, interest, action, etc., with a specified group or belief system. So we see that today. And the thing about all of those that I listed, all the versions of gender identity, which, by the way, is not all of them. That's just yeah. some. Micro. Yeah. Uh, there's one other that is um, referred to as cisgender, which is a reference to someone who identifies with the birth gender that they were born with. So Mm -hmm. we would be cisgendered. So with the exception of that one, all of the other identifiers are the opposite of something that they were or someone they were born to be. Mm -hmm. So, and it's also in opposition to the design God has given them Mm -hmm. and the commands that God has given. Yeah. And in each of these identity statements, they're, they're saying this is, this is not just what I do. This is not just like things mm-hmm. that I participate mm-hmm. in, but this is who I am at my core is yes. something different than I was born with. Yeah, it's not like you just join a club and you go to no. that monthly meetings to no. do the thing there. So, But they say, again, this is not just like in my activities, I do these things, but at my core, yeah. I identify <clears throat> in the deepest part of who I am as this. Yeah, so for example, uh, a transgendered person is identifying with the gender that is opposite of what they were born with. Mm-hmm. They are choosing not just to uh, wear the clothing of an opposite, of the opposite gender, but they are owning the identity of the other gender, therefore rejecting their own gender and identifying with the other gender. Mm-hmm. 
And so therefore their lifestyle then becomes that as well. Uh, you see it in other places that are just as weird. Uh, you see that with people who say, I am a furry or I am a cat boy or I'm a cat girl. It's someone who identifies with themselves themselves with yeah. being a feline. They're not just, yeah. uh, they don't just like cats or they don't just like to wear cat ears. They identify as a cat and they take on yeah. all of the activities and behavior mm -hmm. and identity of a cat. Yep. So... This is often where you hear this phrase, I identify as. Mm -hmm. um, and when someone says that, they are saying a lot about themselves. They are saying a lot about what they believe about who they are, their identity, obviously. Um, they're saying a lot about what they believe about God and his created design for them. Yeah. They're saying a lot about what they believe about this God and whether he is good or not, if he has created them defective or if he is uh, against who they are. They're saying a lot about what they believe about their past, what they believe about their future, and they are identifying with something different. Now, this whole idea of identifying with something different than you were born with um, most in the conservative Christian circles have a negative connotation with mm -hmm. that idea and phrase, and and rightfully so. Yeah, and the way in which it's most commonly used, yeah. Correct. But this whole idea of identifying with something different than you were born with is not new, and my suggestion today is it's not necessarily a bad thing mm -hmm. to identify with something different than you were born with because, listen all the way through this now, it is what we do as followers of Jesus. We recognize we are born one way and we choose at one point to identify as something different than the original way we were born. And we'll get into that a little bit more in depth a little later. But let's, let's back out on this thing for just a moment and take a, a high-level view down and think about people who are identifying as something contrary to God's design for them or for life. Um, it's, it's sad. You think about if you were to lay out on a table all of the possible identities, character traits, behaviors, ways to understand yourself. If you laid them all out on the table, the good and the bad, it's sad to think that there are some people who have chosen to identify with the hurtful parts. This is what you often find in, in the LGBTQ plus community is that what they are doing is not just choosing a lifestyle. They are identifying with some pain and trauma, wound, or rejection that has happened in their life. They're identifying with it. They're identifying then with that pain and choosing a different path for their life that is contrary to God and his ways. They're, they're choosing to identify even then with other people who are also, who have been wounded and hurt in trauma, who have walked in shame, who have walked in great pain. They're also identifying with some of the lowest nature or lowest level parts of who we are as a person, yeah. my urges and my base level appetites. They're mm -hmm. choosing to identify with that mm -hmm. instead of anything else greater. They're choosing to identify with uh, bitterness, identify with shame, 
identify with their hurt, identifying with something that enslaves them. And it's sad when you think about this, you know, of all the options on the table of things you could identify with, this is what they choose. And as a result of this, it, it, even, it causes more pain. And this is what makes it even more sad is that people who have been in places of pain have now chosen a path for their life, an identity for their life that is known statistically to cause greater pain, yeah. greater confusion, even greater mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So I was looking up some of the stats for um, people in the LGBTQ plus um, portion of America, which by the way, uh, recent statistics are that 4.5% of people identify as LGBTQ+. plus In America? In America. Wow. That's, That's small a s- smaller number than I would have guessed if you'd asked me. Yeah. Supporters, different. Correct. But people Those, who actually say, I am a part of this community. Right. 4.5%. Wow. When it comes to mental health, the statistics reveal that there are twice the number of people in the LGBTQ plus community who have mental health issues as opposed to their cisgender heterosexual counterparts. In other words, by age and and gender. Mm -hmm. Twice as many have mental health issues. If you limit it down to just the the T part of LGBTQ plus and talk about those who are trans among that group, they are four times as more likely to have mental health issues than their wow. cisgender heterosexual counterparts. And then if you move on down into the category of LGBTQ plus youth or teens, you find there a suicide rate that is four times that of their cisgender heterosexual counterparts. Wow. So it's a sad path. Mm-hmm. It's a sad path to identify with. And then it's a sad path as, as it yeah. plays out in the lives of people. Yeah. And I think, again, the thing that makes it so um, hard and heartbreaking to hear these stats is because, you know, there's such great promise, you know, seemingly for these people whenever, oh man, I'm feeling so deeply at my core that I'm not who I was born to be. Right. And there's a whole community that's like, hey, well, we're here to accept you and we're here to welcome you and we want to. Right. Uh, encourage you and, you know, all this kind of all the talk. And then they, you know, take actions and, you know, transition and they, you know, get into relationships and all this stuff, but it's not solving who they, uh, the issues in which they have, you know? Yeah. And as a result, we're seeing <clears throat> suicide rates and mental health issues just skyrocket. And so it's just heartbreaking to see, um, again, all of the hurt that has happened mm-hmm, to them mm-hmm. with these, with this promise of this will this will solve my hurts. If yeah. I just lean into these urges and appetites, yep. then I will find peace. I will find resolve. I will find passion, purpose, and all this stuff. Yep. But instead, we're finding more pain, more loss, yeah. more hurt. Yeah, you're right. That is the promise. I mean, someone who in their early years or 20s is struggling with mental health issues they are encouraged at some point by someone to well you know i think what your real issue is you're just you're you're the wrong you've been born into the wrong body 
Yeah. And you're not identifying with who you really are. And so they, with great promise, they think, okay, I'm going to, I'm well, going to lean into this, this new identity. Yeah, exactly. And if you would think, like you said, on the other side would be this long range of statistics that said less mental health mm-hmm. issues, less suicide yeah. rate, more stable homes. Yeah. That's not what's happening. Yeah. Which the argument on the other side of this is, well, see, it's because you Christians are right. so hateful. Right. And you're making podcasts like this that yeah. say, you know, yeah. that's the problem. However, it's after the transition and it's after owning it in the community and it's after they've had broken relationships yep. as in their, you know, <clears throat> homosexual lifestyles and all this stuff that mental health issues are still skyrocketing. It's not right. like they're just trying to, you know, live listening to all of our podcasts and right. all this kind of stuff. Right. And that's why their problems are there. No, it's... It is because of the lifestyle that with great promise, there's no follow through. Yeah, correct. And so uh, our goal today is not to uh, criticize and condemn people who have or, or who are part of the LGBTQ community. That's not the point mm-hmm. today. And understanding what we're going to walk through here today will increase compassion yeah. And will increase understanding as to what is to be the church's role today. What is a Christian's role today? What is that family member's role today in helping the one yeah. who has transitioned, jumped over into, or is involved in this lifestyle? Yeah. So uh, the solution, uh, the answer is not just in stopping the behavior. Exactly. In just making someone stop, There, there is no answering that because the issue is deeper than the behavior. They're even saying it themselves. My identity is not this. I I need a new identity. Yeah. That's the whole reason they made the transition to begin with. There was something missing on the inside. There's a void. Yes. And there's promise that fills this void. Yep. And it's not happening. And it's not happening. So um, God's desire is not just to make people stop the bad behavior, to stop sinning. He does desire for people to walk away from their sin, but his goal is to free people from the bondage to sin. And that bondage happens when there is an unhealed hurt or trauma deeper in the heart. And so when someone is identifying with someone that they are, or that they are not, when they are choosing a lifestyle different than even what God has designed, they are admitting, I don't like the pain I'm living in. I don't like the pain that I've caused. I don't like the pain that I've experienced. That's that's their way of saying I want to be someone different. Yeah. I want to identify as something else. It it is then manifested as self-rejection and self-hatred. Yeah. I hate the design that I am. Mm-hmm. I hate the body that I'm in. I hate the desires that I have, the contradiction that I that they think they are. Yeah. And so you have this self-rejection, mm-hmm. which is a rejection also of, of God's design. That's, yeah. that's part of what they're saying is you, you made me faulty. Mm-hmm. You, you, you messed up and yeah. I reject you because you tell me I can't be this. And that's all tragic. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it's heartbreaking for someone mm-hmm. to know that they're walking through that level of pain. And then, then out of that pain, They are choosing to identify with a completely foreign lifestyle to what they had known. Now, this is not too much unlike what every believer does. 
So stay with me in this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you came to a place where you did not like what you have done. You realized you caused pain. You reached a place where you did not like what had been done to you. You knew you'd mm-hmm. been hurt. You reach a place where you, where you realize, I don't like who I am. I don't like the desires. I don't like the impulses. I don't like being a slave to my urges. I don't like the way my life is headed. That is what every believer in Jesus Christ came to at some point. They recognized all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They owned it and they recognized, I need, I need to not just add religion to my life. I need to be changed. Yeah, at my core, I need a new identity. I don't need to just start doing something new. But Correct. Yeah. I need a whole new way of life, but I need more than that, a new heart within. I need yeah. something different. So we cry out for a new identity. And this is where our paths differ. The Jesus follower versus the LGBTQ path follower. Now, here's what the Jesus follower does. And this is not this is not spoken out of arrogance. This is spoken out of desire to help. Here's what is true. God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is what the Bible tells us in Romans 5.8. In other words, while we were in the identity of a sinner, while this was who we were, this is how we lived, this is how we thought, while we were that, Christ died for us. It's important to know and remember. And then he invites us to turn from our old identity, our self-hatred, our self-loathing, our self-rejection, our hopelessness, and our shame, and to come to him. And there he promises, for what you have done, I will give you forgiveness. For all that has been broken in your heart, I can heal that. For where you have known a lack of love, I can love you greater than anyone else could ever love you. And I can give you a way out of your trauma. And so he doesn't just offer us religion. He offers us a completely new identity. He says, "I, I I will take your grief and I will give you joy. I will take your mourning and I will turn it into dancing. I will, I'll take your ashes and I'll make them into beauty. Uh, I'll take your guilt and I'll give you peace. I'll, I'll take your heavy burdens and you can know rest. Uh, I'll take who you have been and make you something new, a brand new identity. And when we take that step to come to him, that's exactly what happens. We are made new. I receive a new identity. And the scripture talks about this. Uh, 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Children of God. We were not that before. <laughs> we were yeah. stuck in our sins and our guilt, our shame, doing our own thing, going our own way, resisting him. And he offered us life. And he says, in this love, you, you can be, become the children of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galatians 4 says, you you are no longer a slave, but you're a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You used to have the identity of a slave who was outside the family, who was uh, living without 
Now you've been brought into the family. You are not what you were before. You're not a slave to your sin. You've been brought into the family. You're not outside the inheritance. You're actually inside the inheritance. You get to live in the house. (laughs) And then Ephesians 2.19 just points it straight for us and says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Wow. That's an exchange in identity. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. This is what happens to us. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that you're no longer a slave, but a son. That's not just like what you do. That's a core identity of who you are. Yes. This is, this is life shaping. This is heart yeah. transformation that happens within us. So again, this whole concept of identifying with someone different than you were born yeah. with. I get it. Yeah, exactly. It, and it's not new and it's, it in and of itself is not bad, but actually it's it's a good thing to do and it's necessary because who we were born as yeah. is sinner, is broken, yeah. is unredeemed, you know? But the way out is not by identifying with whatever urge, addiction, yep. habit, attraction you might have, yep. but it's with the one who's actually saved you, the one yeah. who, who promises and follows through with the promise yeah. rather than empty promises with devastating results. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's one of those things that it's frustrating to watch because it's, yeah. it's the ultimate in um, the sales pitch slip, you know, yeah. it's the sales pitch that offers you this grand promise mm-hmm. and then you buy the package and you realize this is oh. junk. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just got taken for everything I had yeah. kind of deal. Literally. No one, no one likes that, but, yeah. That's what happens. People exactly. who are recognizing, I don't like who I am. Yeah. I don't like what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't like my past. I don't like the hope of the future. I need something different. Critical moment. Yeah. And then Which in that, everyone faces. Everyone. Yeah. And then here comes this lie that says, hey, buy this deal. Yeah. Identify with a different sexuality. Yeah. Identify with a different gender status. Mm-hmm. Identify as something different than what you've been created as. Yeah. Slick. Cool. Yeah. Buy into it. And, and then, there's so many people that will accept you. And you'll you'll even get more benefits for being that way from our very own government as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you add on top of that stuff and it's like, wow. Exactly. Buy well, in and rage against the system. So yeah. There's no reward on the other side. What yeah. you find are, are people who are even more disillusioned, yeah. more in pain, more yeah. in shame, and more isolated yeah. and, and resisting the path that really mm-hmm. they had come to. And they stood at the, at the fork in the road and looked and said, I don't like where I am. Which one of these paths mm-hmm. am I going to choose? And this the, one's easy. This one's hard. Yeah, and the enemy offered... You know, a seemingly light at the end of the tunnel. Big promise, And and it only cost more. So, Exactly. But instead, Jesus waits at that same spot. And and, and he says, I can can and will receive you. I will make you into someone new. You will have a new identity, all right. And it will be permanent. And it will be eternal. It will change the core of who you are and your desires. And it will not just Mm. medicate or mask the pain you've been in, you'll mm-hmm. actually find healing and release from it. Yeah. I'm not offering you a religious list of to-dos. I'm offering you a transformation so that you can actually know how to deal with that hurt in the past mm-hmm. so that you have a love that replaces it so that you have a transformation that happens in you, in your identity. 
Yeah. Not again, not just in come add this religious good old fun time hour and a half on a Sunday. Yeah. But or no. hour and a half beat down, you yeah, know, exactly. uh, about your sin. That's not yeah. the point. No, but you have life and life abundant here now. Yeah. Because everything you have done is forgiven. And that's that's the incredible promise yeah. that you receive from the gospel that you don't get in the woke world today. You just get in the woke world the promise of you don't like where you are. Well, make up a new identity for yourself. Yeah, and start introducing yourself as that mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change who you are. Yeah, it just it really does just change what you do. You know. So the offer of Jesus is again full transformation of our heart, new identity. Colossians 1, 21 and 22 talks about this, this transformation that happens in us, this new identity. He says, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. So every one of every, every believer can identify with this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it was like when you walked in your own guilt and your shame and the pain and you were inside your own mind an enemy, and you were distant, and you were isolated, you were alienated, separated. He says, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, through his death for you, through his resurrection for you, he did something that when you put your faith in him, here's what it says, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. There is your new identity. You couldn't have ever achieved it on your own. And here God gives it by faith so that you might, because of peace with God through Jesus, be actually given the ability to identify as holy, as blameless, and above reproach in his sight. That's a powerful identity to walk in. That's a freeing identity to walk in. You're telling me I don't have to walk any longer in my guilt, in my shame, in my hate, in my resentment. I can be at peace with God. I can know his purpose for my life. Yes. And then when a person begins to take those steps, they begin to find freedom in their life. They end up not a slave anymore. Again, that's the sad thing about the, uh, the offer of the LGBTQ plus path is that it further enslaves you to your own urges and appetites. And those actually begin to be what you put on display. You, this is your, this is your banner you wave. This is your, um, your, what you champion, the cause you're after, and you mm-hmm. end up a slave to it. You can't mm-hmm. even be free from it, even mm-hmm. though you might want to be. And following Christ's path, though, offers us something very different. In Romans 6, 6, it says that our old man was crucified with him. In other words, who I was, thy old identity, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. That's just pretty phenomenal. Again, that Jesus would take on our identity on the cross as the sinner so that we could take on his identity in this life, the righteous, the stunning, to free us from all that we carried. So... Let's make some bottom line application today. If you're out there today and you are the one who's struggling with your identity, it may be your sexual identity because of things that have happened to you. 
you are uncertain about who you are. It may be your gender identity. Because of some things that have happened to you, you may be uncertain about who you are. It may be your identity as a mother or a wife. Maybe that is unsettled in your mind. Maybe it's all the comparison that's out there today. Maybe it's within that realm that you're struggling with who you are as a mother or wife. Maybe it's your identity identity as a man, as a father, as a husband today. Maybe you're uncertain about who you are, who you should be based on your past and based on some things going on in your life today. Maybe it's even your identity as a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're struggling with, I have walked in paths of pain and I don't understand who I'm actually supposed to be in Jesus today. No matter which one of those or any other situation you're in, it is right and good to look at your past and your hurts and say, I do not want to identify with them. That's good. That's right. It's also right and good to cry out to Jesus in that moment and say, Jesus, you offer a way out of my old identity that actually leads to life. And then it's right and good to turn from that past, to leave it, and to walk into the arms of Jesus who can love you like no one else has who can forgive you like no one else can, and who can provide for you life that no one else will. This is what he did for us so that we could be free. He invites us to that. So then, when you receive him by faith, you can walk in a new identity. And this is what believers are invited to. We're not invited to a life of continual guilt and shame and whipping ourselves for our sin. We're invited to a new identity that says, Jesus took on my pain so that I can be free. And so now I can remind myself of my new identity. I am not who I was. I am forgiven. I am loved. And I no longer carry the identity of shame in my life. The apostle Paul experienced all of this. Um, His identity was wrapped up in arrogance and knowledge and power and religious pursuit. And he reached a place where he got sick of his identity. Mm -hmm. He met Jesus and Jesus changed him. And he wrote this in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is Paul who came to a place of an identity crisis and he chose in that moment, though there were many, many, many options laid out in front of him, he chose the path that Jesus offered. The one that said, he died for me. He gave himself for me. He loves me. And I think, man, what a day, what a time in which we live when the real issue on the table in the culture is identity. Yeah. And when we, as the church of Jesus, hold in our hands and in our hearts mm-hmm. the answer for the question, how can I deal with my broken identity? We have the answer to that. Mm-hmm. And it's in Jesus. And he offers not just more condemnation, but actually a brand new identity that will set you free. Yeah. 
So good. What a day. What a time. So it's our prayer that, um, that this message speaks life and hope to you. And we'd love to hear your comments and thoughts and Mm -hmm. uh, feel free to uh, post those. Feel free to come visit us in person at Vertical Church, Hope Villa, um, and see what God's doing here. We are hearing story after story of people who are finding freedom in their life from the bondage, addictions, mental health issues, fears, anxieties, broken relationships. It's happening. It's right here. So that's our prayer for you listening today. There is a new identity for us in Jesus Christ. Yep. It's good. Good stuff. All right. Join us. We're going to keep lifting them up and living them out.